According to my Nava computer, the... Shut up! Just shut up, you idiot! Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic! I'm lost, Andy is gone, they're gonna move from their house in two days and it's all your fault! My... my fault? If you hadn't pushed me out of the window in the first place... Oh, yeah! Well, if you hadn't shown up your stupid little cardboard spaceship and taken away everything that was important to me... Don't talk to me about importance. Because of you, the security of this entire universe is in jeopardy. What?! What are you talking about?! Right now, poised at the edge of the galaxy, Emperor Zerg has been secretly building a weapon with the destructive capacity to annihilate an entire planet. I alone have information that reveals this weapon's only weakness. And you, my friend, are responsible for delaying my rendezvous with Star Command! You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear, you're, a, you're an action figure! You are a child's plaything! You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. I am assaulting your ears for the first time in this new year. Uh, this is Revenge of the 90s. It's been so long, I almost forgot the name of our podcast as I was about to say it. Um, this is the Revenge... <laughs> we haven't recorded in like maybe three weeks? Month? Three or four, yeah, three or four yeah. weeks. Yeah, Which might be our season. longest break. It might yeah. be our longest break we've ever had. No, so. no, when Baby Rose arrived. We took like a month and a half off. Oh, months. that's right. But they didn't God. know it because we recorded like eight, we were eight episodes in like three weeks. Right. And then I, yeah, because uh, we were getting ready for my second child, my daughter. And uh, I was in a wild place mentally during those like that month. So yeah, we, yes. we I knew I would be because I had done it before. And also we only had, we already, on, we only had a one and a half year old at the time too. So I was like, I'm so fucked. I got to take a month off from doing anything. So, uh, and that was right like the beginning of COVID. So I was, I was out of my mind and, uh, yeah, that's right. We did record a bunch. And so we were, we were set. It was a little behind the scenes action. You guys didn't, didn't know about. But, and joining us tonight, baby Rose. <laughs> Come on up. Uh, yeah, she, don't worry. She knows. Um, well, actually, no, it's great. Uh, I would uh, gladly invite her on because, uh, she and I are little buddies, so it's been it's been great. Um, you know, I feel like finally uh, there's that light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to having two kids a year and a half apart, where they're a little more self sufficient, and it's it's a little bit easier to digest your moment to moment of your life. <laughs> so, yeah. so she can come on. All right, I'm finally getting over it. Um. But actually, it's funny you even bring up the kids because the reason we're doing our movies today, we're doing Toy Story 1 in, from 1995, and we're doing Toy Story 2, 1999, as a bit of a double episode, a double episode. That's not even a word. I, I think that's French. And um, the reason that we're doing it is because, and the reason partly why we took the break that we did in December, um, which, by the way, I'm Steve, this is Fabs. Two minutes in, if you've never heard this episode before or the show before, that's who we are, whatever. Um, the reason that we're doing it is because my kids were home from daycare the last two weeks of December, which, again, I've given you the backstory of how old they are, three and one and a half. And it, it you know, 
our daycare closes for those two weeks of the year and it's just madness. Our yeah. house is our house is utterly wrecked by those <laughs> two weeks. And <laughs> there's no controlling it. <clears throat> You're just trying to make it through each day. And and of course the yeah. holidays and everything. So we took our break. But what was great was that my son sort of discovered Toy Story in those last couple of weeks of the year. And we had watched it like we had tried watching some Pixar with him uh, earlier in the year and like in the previous year. It didn't really it didn't really take. He has gone through a number of phases so far in his life. Um, some of his biggest have been Godzilla, which we are now currently in the throes of, and Incredible. Ghostbusters. And so we watched. We went and saw Ghostbusters in theaters. Him and I. Um, and he had like a Mickey phase for a little bit, which like thankfully he got out of. Um, Cause like, I can't honestly stand Mickey Mouse clubhouse, but he does love like some Coco Melon, Jurassic world camp Cretaceous. He likes, so he likes a pretty eclectic uh, borderline inappropriate on my end, allowing him to watch <laughs> these things. Um, <laughs> I did, you know, I do my best, uh, but um, luckily he got into toy story and it, I have watched, I don't, I have lost complete count. But I, we cycled through on a daily basis, Toy Story 1 through 4 and the shorts. And they were just on a continuous loop, 24-hour loop in our house for like two to three weeks. So like my brain is like only thought about Toy Story over the last month. So like I kind of wanted to bring it. That's why I wanted to like strike while the iron was hot with this. And yeah. just like, you know, get my thoughts. This is where my head's at. This is my sort of backstory as to why we're doing it now. Um but I'm very excited because like, I feel like I've like, I've like, I've reached this like new plane of existence with Toy Story where I'm like, these are all perfect films and like nothing will ever come close to them. And like, I've cried so much in the last month. Like we watched Toy Story 3, you know, once a day and every time I cried during it. And it was like a very just like crazy emotional roller coaster I've been on. So I'm very ready to talk about it. Um, but I wanted to get, well, do, do your kids, are they Toy Story people? Um, okay. So you already like know this with small kids. They go in like these phases where they will repeat binge watch like the same thing over and over. Um, right now they are on Ron has gone wrong, which is a new Disney movie. It's actually yeah. very good. And Encanto, which is a new Pixar movie. So those oh, are their two. No, Encanto's not uh, Pixar. Oh, it's Disney, isn't it? Yeah, that's just a regular old Disney. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. But it's good. So I liked it. So one of the gifts I got for, uh, we do date night every Friday with our kids where we'll get, you know, popcorn, candy. Um, my sister and her boyfriend, Kaz, they love the show. Shout out. So they, they, they got some very thoughtful presents for Christmas. They got a projector, which came with a projector screen. So now we. We're watching it. I, oh, I, I was that. using it to watch some football, uh, but we have <laughs> the projector right. screen the like permanently up. But yeah, we've, right. we've used that like three times now with the kids and they got me a like movie theater grade popcorn maker. So like our, our movie nights are like oh, amped up a bit. Next so that's level, like very dude. fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they definitely love Toy Story. Um, they don't watch it as much now, uh, but you know, I've seen... Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 with them probably 15, 20 times each. The, yeah. the one I, the movie I've seen the most is probably Coco because that was William's first movie in theaters. 
Uh, William's my oldest. And I've seen that movie over a hundred times. Coco? Like over a hundred times? Yeah. There was literally days where I watched that movie for seven hours straight. (laughs) 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 Terrible parenting. That's the thing, man, is like, dude, you start to like, you start to just like become something you (laughs) never, you enter this weird plane of thought when you watch a kid's movie that much. You really just start to like inhabit this crazy, you unlock this version in your brain, this like part of your brain that you never knew before. And like, you start thinking of it, like you're like a scholar all of a sudden. And because like, that was what it would take to become a scholar of Coco would be watching it every day, seven hours straight and just seeing it (laughs) from like all these lenses and everything. And it's one of the few I still enjoy too, that like I've binge watched so many times with the kids and Toy Story so back to like the movies we're doing Toy Story that what's cool about that that was like my kids like first um like the intersection of like purchasing toys or asking for toys from a movie and also enjoying those characters at like a theme park all like converging together around the same time um mm-hmm. they're they love Woody they love Buzz um they have a Lotso bear uh, so yeah, I mean, they're big Toy Story fans. Um, you know, d- during this cycle of movie watching, not so much. Uh, but you know, I, it, it I, you never know because tomorrow yeah. they could be like, Hey dad, I want to watch Toy Story a bunch of times. And I'd be like, okay, we're back, back to yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. Cause Malcolm, he, he has really taken to the Toy Story of terror, the short. So, oh, nice. Okay. So he he demands that one, and Jesse is he his is favorite your character. Son. Yeah, he he's is absolutely my kid. It's incredible. It, it, my wife. He actually tonight. Um, he ju- he was eating dinner at the table, and my wife and I were in the kitchen, and all of a sudden he goes, "Hey, mom and dad, look at this!" And he had taken off his pants and was mooning us from the kitchen table. Uh, he had gotten on top of the table and then mooned us, and my wife was like. There is no question he's your son. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, that's one example. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that he latched on to the horror Toy Story of all things, it's like, yes, utterly clear. And, uh, you know, also demands to watch like freaking Godzilla. Like he, he wanted to watch the original. So we watched like the 1954 and he watched it. Like, I don't know what three-year-old would sit through a 1954 black and white Godzilla where Godzilla shows up for maybe 10 minutes and like love it, but he did. And so he loves Toy Story of Terror. His favorite character is Jesse. I've now seen Toy Story of Terror because it's only 22 minutes. I've probably mm. seen that 150 times. Nice. Um, and I have, a, but it's really good. So yeah, that's currently his, his uh, sort of um, stretch that he's on, but he'll watch like, you know, on some days we'll go, we'll go straight one through four. His preference seems to be two because he likes the ones with Jesse and Jesse's the most prominent in in two. And so I've seen that one quite a bit. So I'm excited to talk a bit about that one. Um, I will say this about Toy Story after viewing it as much as I have. I've got a lot of thoughts about the series, but I will say four, it's not that people don't like Toy Story 4, but after watching as many times, and I felt this way as I watched it the first time, but I have a real appreciation for that movie. I think it might be the deepest and most like thought-provoking one of the four. 
I think it's the most, I think Toy Story 4 is the most adult movie that they've done of that series. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it deals with concepts like way beyond anything. Like one and two are fun rides. I think like they do start to dabble at times in like existential questions of like, who am I? What's my point of existence? What, you know, but it's always kind of done through like a fun lens. Three starts to dissect that a little bit. And really the, the emotion of three comes from when Andy gives away his toys. Mm. So it's, it's less about, I mean, there's a scene where you think they're going to be fucking incinerated, but um, really (laughs) your emotion, your emotion comes from how you personally feel about these characters. And so it's like all predicated on like your experiences with toys and, you know, maybe like the concept of growing up. Cause you made a good point, obviously in the notes that this whole series has taken us from our childhood to us having children. What I think is most interesting about toy story four is it's, it's, it's a movie that like most connects with like us as adults, because like it starts to deal with the heavy questions of like losing people that we're close to, or, um, you know, just like life changes and, and dealing with that and like how it's okay to go through these things because we all do. Um, and it affects Woody as a character. And so as you're watching it and it's affecting Woody, you are internalizing that. So it's not like you're having these emotions because like, Oh, I love these characters. It's like, you start to really see it yourself through these lens, the lens of this character, Woody. And like, you start to like, there's heavy life questions and thoughts. And I mean, there's just so much philosophical stuff to Toy Story 4 that like, I think it warrants more discussion than any of the other three in terms of like the subject matter and its messaging. So that's where like, I've started to go. And then I have this other theory that like Toy Story 1 is the Matrix, but I'll get into that later. Um, Oh, I want to hear that. Yes. All right, I'll just get in. I'll just get into it real quick. Um, <laughs> here, I, it's a loose, loose theory, um, or just like connection. But like, I started thinking about how like Buzz Lightyear is like Neo, because Buzz is going through his life thinking that he lives as this space ranger, and Woody is sort of like Morpheus in that he's like providing this, like uh, the real world to him. And he's like, I'm going to wake you up from the simulation that you live in, which is that like, you think you're a, you're a space ranger. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it with good intent. He's a complete asshole. But like, that's my thing is that he like wakes buzz up into the real world. And he like literally like re like he's like reborn into what his actual existence is instead of living like this blissful like existence thinking he's like a space toy, which makes me question. Cause I always think this about the matrix is buzz actually better off. Do you think, or should he have been left to think that he's a space? That's Ranger a very toy? good question. I love that theory. Um, yeah. Cause you really get to also see that play out a bit in toy story too. When they go to the toy store and there's all those buzzes and all those other, all those other toys, um, 
I mean, I, I, I think where this series goes with Buzz, he's definitely better off, um, you know, being woken up and finding out he is just a toy. Um, maybe in most of Toy Story 1, that might not be the case. You can definitely make that argument as he's uh, attached to like a firework by Sid. Um, but yeah, I love that. I, uh, I, I find, you know, when you think about the, all of those things, like the moving parts of like, like how this world works. Um, also, I was like thinking about, you know, what about really old toys that are like hundreds of years old? Are those like ancestral right. totems that have like this wisdom that, you know, all these plastic machina- machinations that are just mass produced, like, like I think that'd be interesting where they're, they're traveling to like get this ancient wisdom Dude. from like a toy. So, okay. So you know how they're doing the light year movie next year or this yes, year? Yes. Which essentially from my understanding would be like the light year movie that Andy would go to see, which he would buy the toy of. Correct. Yes. Okay. If they were to start to go down this path of like, quote unquote, toy story movies in their universe, but like not really, it'd be so fucking nuts if they made a movie about like the first toy of like a carving thing of like, yes, from like early humans. That would be nuts. And like, and like what you're saying is like the ancestral toys and stuff like that would be so wild to me or like, you know, toys from like friggin victorian england or something like that you know just like wild right, yes wild stories that are like spin-offs and stuff uh that are just like completely because i i really want i want the woody and buzz experience to be essentially wrapped up and done like i don't know where else you could go with this with these yeah, characters yeah i think they did a great job with it over the course of four movies but um y- you know i i'm excited to see the world boating they're gonna do with with the buzz lightyear movie um, and you know, I would, I would love to see, I mean, I know the Woody show that you see in, um, in Toy Story, oh, 2. Toy Story 2, yeah, Woody's Roundhouse. Yeah. I, I know that Woody's Roundhouse only got one episode, but Ooh, I, Woody's I Roundhouse, wish, that would be a great ninja version. Yeah. I would love to see that. Dude, actually it'd be interesting if like, in, in the way they're doing Lightyear is if like, there was a spinoff movie where it was like they were remaking the Woody's round up in like a, yes, as like a reboot yes. or, you know, something that would be interesting. Um, I feel like they could go in a lot of directions with it. There, it, it does. I'm very intrigued by like the Lightyear movie. I want to see what, I want to yeah, see what that, too. like what that is. I think that one, I think that one is, going to be in theaters. Um, I will tell you this, segueing into this, Disney has tried to fuck this franchise and Pixar like it's so crazy. many times over the years. It's crazy to me that it took as long as it did for... Like, Disney had to realize at one point that like Pixar saved their ass in the early 2000s yes. because oh, Disney wasn't doing, did. Yes. wasn't doing jack shit. In the, it's like, oh, we did Bolt and some other shit and <laughs> Pixar was making a billion dollars every movie and it, I think it finally took like I don't know maybe like Monsters Inc. for them to be like oh yeah we should just leave you guys to it because right now currently 
they're fucking Pixar by only releasing the movies on Disney Plus. So Soul, Luca, and then the new one coming out um, called, uh, what is it? Turning Red are all uh, Disney Plus exclusive, which is such a slap in the face to these types of movies. I, I, you know, I think it's disrespectful. You know, they put Onward in theaters right at the beginning of the pandemic and it like bombed. But I think it's like yeah. super dis- super disrespectful uh, to, you know, Soul and Luca to treat them as streaming only. I would argue disrespectful and possibly, um, uh, I don't want to say malicious, but I find it interesting. Now, they did it with Turning Red, but and I'm not accusing Disney of anything, but they put a Pixar movie with a black lead and then a Pixar movie with like a gay undertone on streaming. And I find that to be like, I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not uh, accusing them of anything and not, I'm not saying that's the case, but like, I find that to be interesting that like, maybe they were like, well, those aren't going to do well because of this. And I think that's like, I don't know. Cause like, I think soul was fantastic. Um, soul was amazing. Onward, Soul and Luca were incredible. You know, and they I, get I, through the pandemic. Like, I love Luca. It's so good. I thought, and I thought Onward was a fantastic Pixar movie. I haven't seen Luca yet, um, but Soul, I think, is a is a great story. It's a, it's unlike any other. Like so often, it's unlike any other Pixar movie. But I just like, I find that to be like odd and. Like I said, I'm not surprised there. I mean, as much as I love going to the, I, you know, my wife and I had annual passes. Like I'm not trying, I hope I'm not coming off. Like I'm not, I don't want to be coming off. Like, you know, you're not, you're not (laughs) offensive here, but no, my wife and I want those movies to be passes, you know, and you know, Disney's also a mega conglomerate who doesn't really give a fuck about people. And, um, they just like want your money. And if you're okay with that, which sometimes, you know, a couple of times a year, we're okay with that. And we go to Disneyland um, and we buy a bunch of crap we don't need and a bunch of food that's overpriced. Um, I pay for the streaming service. Like, I, my kids love the Disney movies. They love the Pixar movies. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think if they had a choice, if they were like, hey, uh, you know, what are we going to put? Uh, Soul or Ron's Gone Wrong? Like, which one do we want to put in theaters? It's like, oh, we think based off our research that Ron's gone wrong would do much better in theaters. Oh, what does that mean? We think based off of our research that, and then you're just like, okay. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It's like, okay. All right. Well, you know, I can, uh, clearly see where this is going. Um, so I wonder, you know, I'll be interested in what turning red's story really is. Um, yeah, for for them justifying why a movie about like a big cuddly red panda thing should go on streaming only. So I'll be curious to know what the real story is with that movie. If like there's a very like clear idea of like, oh, that's why. Um, but you know, I don't know. You know, again, I, and I'm I, you know I'm coming from the place of like Disney makes some of the most amazing stuff in the world when they're not being like one of the more like sinister corporations. So totally, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's a really weird uh, thing. Now it's funny because like Pixar, 
is like one of the more like amazing production companies like to ever be created. And Toy Story is what started it all. Like, I mean, you know, the backstory of Toy Story is just so incredible. And um, it's it's like, I think at this point, because every freaking movie, every animated movie is computer animation that, you know, you forget that like what Toy Story did revolutionized filmmaking ever since. And it's kind of fun to see like the really crude sort of computer animation from Toy Story 1 to like see what it was in Toy Story 4 to just get that like complete circle of of the technology and everything. Um, but, you know, Toy Story 1 is such a feat. You know, the things that they were doing to like, they'd like invent all this shit, you know? I mean, it, it's just so, I don't know, awe-inspiring. And uh, I, I, I love it. And then, uh, you know, you can kind of see it shift in Toy Story 2, uh, which is a really fun backstory um, that they like did all that in nine months. I know you had that in the notes, but like, again, talking about Disney trying to fuck over Pixar in this franchise, do you have the story on Toy Story 2? Yes, um, I will say Toy Story 1, Toy Story number one won an honorary Oscar because they didn't have best animated feature uh, back at the time. Um, and so like Beauty and the Beast was the first, uh, animated movie to ever be nominated for best picture. Um, and it would lose to Silence of the Lambs, I believe. Um, uh, but, uh, so Toy Story was obviously like this, this magnificent feat. Um, John Laster, we won't talk about what a perv he is, but, uh, was he, that he was just a hugger. That was like his big thing, right? Was that he he was was, like touchy, 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 some inappropriate emails, God damn it. Um, I know, I know. God uh, damn but it. But I, I recommend, uh, uh, it's called A Pixar Story. Uh, there is a book on this too. Uh, it's a great documentary though. Um, so yeah, they make Toy Story. Um, and then, you know, that does really well. Then they make, they're making A Bug's Life. And then they get word they want to do Toy Story too. Uh, John Lasseter was supposed to go on like this vacation with his family. Um, and then he gets word that they want to rush production on Toy Story 2. Uh, straight to VHS sequel. Mm-hmm. And they, over the course of like a weekend, they, he goes in the office, they work with the team and they basically storyboard and create like a mini script of what would become the final product and to convince them to not do that because it's a terrible idea. And so they basically save Toy Story 2 from being a huge pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like a huge pile of shit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Like weekend. Oh my God. You know, it's Disney clearly was only thinking of clearly was only thinking of the money in this because I, the thing that blew me the hell away about that's that, that <coughs> fact about toy story two is that the reason they did that, they were thinking of going direct to VHS was at that time <coughs> they were starting to make, the VHS movies for their big movies. So I think they had like Simba's pride or some bullshit. Um, and then they did the return of Jafar uh, for Aladdin. And that movie that they said made them a hundred million dollars. Like the Disney machine is unstoppable that even a dog shit, because people, people see Aladdin. There wasn't streaming. There wasn't streaming. Yeah, I get it. Like that makes sense. Like a lot of, Kids, you know, and parents were like, I don't know, fuck it. Here's this 
other Lion King movie. It's like, we don't care. Um, so it is incredible. It, and then not only did they storyboard it in like a weekend, they rushed because like they had already started the production on the Toy Story 2 as a uh, direct to VHS, which I would love to know what the original thought was for that movie uh, in like its early stages. They they did this whole thing in like nine months. Like that's an uh, that's a, an insane feat. And then it gets you think Toy Story one gets you know lauded as this like incredible feat, which it is. Toy Story two has like a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes and is like yes <laughs> often regarded as being the best animated movie of all time. And it's just you know sometimes there's just like again you know. It's unfortunate John Lasseter is a goddamn creep, but like sometimes there's just this sort of like magic of creativity among like a group of people. And what I think is so compelling about Toy Story all the way through is that you just, it's like you just, you're seeing something where you're like, there's just nothing like this. There never will be anything else like this. It's the most complete, perfect blend of humor and heart and. And and I just I'm like always in awe that like they they tell these movies about the human experience in the form of these toys, and like you know it's just it's just so impressive um, that I don't know I, I I like I'm like sometimes speechless when I'm watching Toy Story like maybe it's because I've watched it two thousand times and it and every time I watch it now there's just a single tear rolling down my cheek, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find a better written franchise i would have to say that's that i think that's a that's a fair statement and you know like definitely watch that documentary because you get a really good sense because there's some like home video footage of like early pixar like crappy offices like early it reminds you of like early google where it's before the and not that like I don't think Google, not that they're corrupt at Google or corrupt at Pixar, but it's before like the money comes in and before the like the rules of fr- creating franchises and and creating theme park rides and toys before all that stuff starts to like dilute or pollute any of the like heart and movie magic of those making it. It's like mm-hmm. almost in its purest form of creationism, which is like really fun and exciting. And you get something that is, you know, 27 years later, still like applauded and, and, and watched by, by children everywhere and still looks amazingly uh, modern and, and good and recent. Um, and yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad Pixar is like releasing a movie every year. Their stuff is like always good. Uh, they released three movies during the pandemic which is like shocking and terrifying. I don't know how that worked, uh, but <laughs> but they were all like really great. My kids love them so much. Um, so like I love that they're producing at such a high scale and we're getting, you know, Cars Land and all these amazing things as a result. But part of me wishes it was still this like weird A24 indie house of like remarkable animation that you get with its first like six or seven projects. Dude, yeah. So... 
I want to do our top fives. Uh, yes, of, let's do it, of, baby. Of Pixar, uh, but I, but you absolutely were accurate in describing the utter heater that Pixar was on for its first eleven movies. <laughs> it's I think crazy. It's unbelievable. I think the <clears> thing <throat> that you're you're completely right. They were the A twenty four of animation, and. I wouldn't say that that's like completely like lost at this point because, you know, they still make like Coco was uh, 2017, I believe. And that one has some of the biggest heart of anything. It's beautiful too. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking like stunning gorgeous. to watch. Yeah. And I remember that movie I was being, I was really blown away by. And, um, you know, they make animated movies that, that feel like, I mean, it's all art but they make animated movies that feel like art. And, you know, I mean, the most, you know, the first time, you know, it's like, I can remember the first time I ever saw Wally or up and being like, I'm watching something so beyond a a kid's animated movie that it wouldn't even be right to just call, like you can't put it in a box. And I would say that, I would say that Pixar can still do that, but they make more, Mm, I would, you know, I wouldn't say general or mainstream, but but it's impossible to hit a thousand forever. You know, it's like you start to have little like, you know, little like oh, you know, like the good dinosaur or, uh, you know, why there are three cars movies. It's really probably just because John Lasseter was like fucking obsessed with cars. Like it is well, what he it got is. his idea for cars. When he finally went on that vacation after Toy Story 2, he got an RV with his family and they did a Route 66 trip. And that's oh. where he came up for the concept for Cars. Great. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, I will say Cars Cars is okay. Um, I, I like. I do like Cars. I, I cars Land cars is too. one of the most remarkable like oh, amusement sure. park achievements ever. I'm sure it is. But, you know, you went, it's like, okay, you went from making, there was a stretch where they did Ratatouille, Wally, Up, and Toy Story 3 in a row. And then, (laughs) and I think they've kind of been searching ever since trying to like capture some of that. Like, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The future of, of Pixar is a little interesting to me. Um, you know, they're making, I think soul is one that really stands out to me as being like one of the ones that I, as the years go on, I'll think of as like, okay, that's another one that I can add to the list of just like utterly yeah. mind-blowing kind of stuff. Um, Inside well, Out has similar appeal. Inside Out does, um, you know, but but again, you know, they went they went from like, okay, so they went from the stretch of Ratatouille, Wally up Toy Story 3 to uh, The Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3. And I'm like, well, you know, okay. You know, not the franchise great, but not franchise terrible. stuff starts to kind of sneak in there a little bit. Um, yep. Maybe passion projects of the creatives. You know, it's like Finding Dory, whatever. Um, that one is not for me. <laughs> it, 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 some of them are not for me now. I would say this. Pixar used to be for everyone all the time. Pixar now is for everyone sometimes. And then sometimes for the kids. And it delineates a, a little bit. And that's fine. Like, you don't have to always do that. You don't always have to make the best friggin' thing anybody's ever seen. 
But I would say that the cracks show a little bit where it's like some of them are very clearly like maybe just sell toys or just like, you know, they want to just make something maybe a little more broad. Who knows? Um, having said that, it is a very, very goddamn difficult to make a top five of Pixar movies. Like I want, I got to hear yours because I like thought okay. about this for a while. So tell me, okay, give my, me your top five. And mine has a okay. weird caveat. So I'll just tell you. Okay. So I, I'm not gonna, I was going to bundle all the toy story movies into one, but I, I won't That's do what that. I did, I'll, I, I did okay. do that. Okay. okay, so I'm going to say my number one is Toy Story number two. Um, my number okay. two is Ratatouille. Okay. I love Ratatouille so much. Number three is Coco. Number four mm-hmm. is Wally. And number five is The Incredibles. Yep. I do love Coco getting in there. That's nice. That's really. I, I just it's. I still like get emotional at the end of Coco. The music is really on point. It's a. It gets to tell uh, a different type of sto- like a story with different representation in it, which is always amazing. And you get to learn about Dia de los Muertos, mm-hmm. and uh, it's also just so some of the best animation I've ever seen. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so I, I will say I had Coco as my like um, honorable mention, but I could very easily see that changing because I have as my number one. I did just group Toy Story together. I just, I just got to call it like one saga. I just it's too good to not uh, do that. So I would have put them. I, my whole top five would have been all Toy Story anyway. So like, <laughs> let's just let's make it a little bit fair. Um, so my number one's Toy Story. My number two is Wally. Uh, Wally was like, I think like Wally and Mad Max for Fury Road are two of the most incredible in theater experiences I've ever had. I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will remember those forever. Uh, number three, I think I have. I think I'd put Up. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. Up is just like one of those movies where you're you're watching it and you're like I can't like it's it's this beautiful story it's so unique and it has such like an incredible heart to it and it's like uh you know I don't want to gloss over anything that I'm missing but it has a really awesome like father-son message that I don't think you get a lot in these types of movies. Um, so, although Coco has that, doesn't it? Isn't that like a big one? Isn't he hunting for his dad? Or his uncle? Uh, he's trying remember. to find his, like, his great-grandpa. Great-grandpa. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's been a minute since I've seen it. And uh, I think I had a huge migraine when I saw Coco for the first time. So uh, I remember bits and pieces. Um, But I would say up. Four, I would have Incredibles because that actually is another one my son loves. And we've been watching a lot of Incredibles and Incredibles 2. But Incredibles is cool because it was Pixar doing superheroes. And also it's just like awesome. I I think Incredibles is like... I would say Incredibles was the first time Pixar was like, let's make something badass. And I think that's neat. Yeah. 
um, they they like went and just like were like, let's just go do something cool. Um, which maybe pissed off John Laster because he wanted cars to be that thing. And I don't know if that was the case. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then I have as my fifth Monsters, Inc. But I would have Coco as like a close number six. That would be my... Again, it's a lot of the OG kind of Pixar stuff. Right. I love it. Great uh, list. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's probably not much different than a lot of people's lists. But I think... I think it's just like Toy Story or um, Pixar probably, you know, just has it, it, it's got that like history behind it. And that's like a super hard thing to have to work off of is that, that like every movie they make has like an utterly insane, you know, pressure on it to be Pixar. And I find it odd that Disney is, you know, Disney is starting to like, Disney is starting to dilute that a little bit by putting them all on streaming, like not even giving some of these movies a chance to find an audience because to be completely honest, it's like some of these, they go on streaming and like, yeah, you like the reason Encanto is probably having the run that it is now is because it was in theaters and then it came to Disney plus. Like if they had just like one day randomly been like, Oh yeah. Encanto's on, uh, streaming now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not certain that it would have the effect that it did. Um you know, so I, I don't know. Uh you know, and and again that's Disney releasing a movie that that has better representation. So they're they're all over the place. I don't really get it. I, I just don't understand it. I feel like like you said, I know they probably are like, well our research says this, but it, it really bothers me. <laughs> so it's just I, I don't want to, again, suggest something sinister, but more so it's like you're not even giving these people who like dedicated their like years of their lives to even having a chance in theaters. And that bothers me. You know, these yeah. are stories that like deserve to be seen uh, on the big screen. Like you're fucking Disney, man. Like just put it in some goddamn theaters and, and then release it on streaming. Like nobody's going to subscribe to Disney Plus because they're like, oh, this ran, you know, that nothing could convince like people to like do it out of nowhere because they're like, oh, they're only putting this, you know, they're putting this one Pixar movie on. I better sign up. It's like, dude, you had it. You would have signed up for it years ago. If you're somebody who watches like Pixar, you've already got goddamn Disney Plus. So. Oh, ab- absolutely. And just like all the, that's why Disney, but it's like a good price point. But also, it if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a Marvel fan, like there's some so much random fandom that you can gra- gravitate to that you don't need to. If you're a Star Wars fan who hates Marvel, like you can still get the Mandalorian and you know, the Boba Fett show and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I'll try to get off that soapbox, but I'll probably bring it up like three more <laughs> times before we. It just bothers me. It bothers me so much. I wanted to see Soul in theaters. Uh, but anyway. Um, all right. So let's get into Toy Story a little bit. Uh, since we really haven't talked about it at all. And uh, got into some Pixar stuff, which I think is fine. Um, let's go with this. Let's start with with this question you threw out there. What 
What's your favorite? What are your favorite main toys and sec, favorite main toy and secondary toy from the series? Because that'll help us get into it a little bit. Okay, so uh, favorite main toy is I would probably say Jesse. Ooh, like she's funny and she. I like that she takes on a much bigger role in the later films. Um, and favorite secondary toy. Um, I always like the aliens. I think they're very funny. You and Malcolm and really get along. You and my son and they would be the really day. big friends. <laughs> yeah, we'll just talk for like three hours about those two subjects. It's funny because uh, he loves the aliens. Uh, the scene from Toy Story 2 that he always loves is the scene where Mr. Potato Head saves them when they're flying out of the car in like the fun car yes. chase. And uh, they're like, uh, you have saved our lives. We're eternally grateful. And Mr. Potato Head's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my son just like repeats that line over and over. Um, so I, he'd probably, and he loves Jesse. Like Jesse is his favorite character. So you guys would get along. Nice. Uh, my, I think my main care, my main toy is Woody. I, you know, I, I think the yeah. thing about Woody that I love is that he's like a deeply flawed character. He's totally, he's a complete asshole in the first movie. Uh, to the point where he concocts a plan to knock Buzz behind Andy's desk so that he's lo- he's essentially a lost toy. Um, and it goes awry and Buzz is thrown out of the window uh, by the lamp, yep. like kick, killed, you know, almost killed, uh, knocked out of the window. And Woody wouldn't have done shit if the other toys hadn't thrown him out of the house too. And the only reason he works with Buzz to a certain point is to try and get back home until finally he sees the error of his ways and they become, you know, friends through their trials with Sid. Uh, But, you know, ultimately Woody is deeply flawed in the first movie, but he's also like super flawed in the other movies. Toy Story 2, I would say he's not so much because he's stolen um, and, uh, you know, is, you know, learning about himself, I guess, in that movie. But like, I would argue is okay. Uh, he gets into a bunch of fights with Jesse and stuff, though, too. And in the third movie, <clears throat> he has the big blowout fight with them uh, when he leaves the daycare which ultimately allows him to right. save everybody, but still has like a huge fight to where he won't even say goodbye to Buzz. Like, just like leaves and gives like Bullseye the Harry and the Hendersons treatment of like, get the fuck out of here, Bullseye. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here, Bullseye. <laughs> don't you see? We don't want you. Uh, and then in Toy Story 4, it's a quick line. But I always love that he does not remember the names of Bo Peep's sheep and doesn't even know if they're boys or girls. That when he first sees them again, he calls them like something, something and lefty and he gets it all wrong. So what's awesome to think is that Woody was just banging Bo Peep and didn't even take the time to ever learn the names of her sheep. Oh, and yeah. so like he's such a, he's such a like selfish kind of co- kind of guy a lot of the time but he also is always trying to do the right thing so he's like again he's like uh any hero you would want 
in a movie. He he's a flawed yeah. character that you can identify with because he's just trying yeah. to trying to do the right thing, but like has his moments where and and you know his whole life is turned upside down in the first movie. So it's almost arguably understandable that he's having the reaction that he is to Buzz because for a toy it's almost like a death sentence. And um well he's like a hero in a Western. Yeah. Like super yeah. flawed, but yeah. but still, you know, like going to do what's right for the town or 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 whoever, even though he has his own like internal demons. Yeah. No, I I, I love that about him. I think it's it's subtle being that it's a bit of a kid's movie, obviously. Um talking toys, but I think it's woven really expertly uh within those movies. So Woody's my number one. My secondary, I might say, is Ham. I think Ham would be my favorite. Uh, Ooh, that's a good like, one. I like Ham because he has like this worldliness about him. Like he he's he knows everything about like technology, and like he always has like a quip that re- that makes you think like he's been around for like decades and read every book, and always knows how to like operate the TV, and has like this just very like wit there's really great wit about him. So I think I would have said potato head, but he's definitely, he's more of an asshole and where ham is like, he's just like this, you know, I don't know, witty pig. I dig it. And he, he always adds, I always think he adds like any, a ton to every scene. So I'm, I'm big on uh ham. They were also very smart to give Mr. Potato head a wife after the first movie, because I feel like his character would have been like, he worked really well in the first movie, but I think he would have been really grating in the later films without having um, someone kind of like bring him bring him down a bit. I think that's why they gave him the aliens as his kids too, because it softens yes. him up, you know, that he gets to be yep. like, a, he's like a reluctant father to these like weird aliens. I think that's- Yeah, he's that's, like a sitcom dad. He's like a 50s sitcom dad. Yeah. You're just like, okay, like this is great. Yeah. No, I, I, I think they, I mean, they've nailed, you know, all the toys, you know, have, it's a really actually a great ensemble. And that's what Toy Story 2 has going for it, I think, really well is that you you have the two main storylines. You have, you have Woody and then you, these new characters, but then like the entire like B storyline is propped up through not just Buzz, but like Ham, Potato Head, and Rex and Slinky where you're getting to like go on an adventure with the secondary characters, but they all are fantastic. And like some of the best stuff ever is like when they're driving in the Barbie car in the toy store or when buzz, the, the new buzz with the utility belt is with them. And they're like having interaction with the toys and stuff. So, you know, I, I think Toy Story 2 is where you really get the sense that like this is a fantastic ensemble comedy. Uh, and you get that in 3 and not so much 4 because that's really Woody's story. But like I think what is awesome is that the franchise really actually uses a lot of the secondary characters like really well. And like, dude, have you you've seen all the shorts, right? Have you seen I like all I have, of them? Yeah. I, they sure are... Yeah, I think one of the things too that like they get so right is creating all of these secondary characters. The movies do it do it really well, but like 
even in like some of the shorts, you got to see like Combat Carl, uh, played by Carl Weathers. You get um, in Small Fry, which is one of the littler shorts about like Happy Meal toys. They do this moment where like they get intro- you get introduced to like this just huge line of just like ha- old sort of Happy Meal toys, and they are all just like fantastic. So there's just such a connection that the creators have to this world that just like make it fantastic. So um, Toy Story is not just, I would, you know, argue like a Buzz and Woody story, which like, thank God, because really that probably would have fizzled out pretty quick. Yeah. I think that lasts maybe two movies and the second one's not very good. Well, and also what's funny is if you watch that Pixar documentary, I've talked about several times now. Do you, what do you have money er in this movie or something? (laughs) The early animation and like, feedback for Woody, it was essentially like, he's a giant asshole. Like, we need to tone him down. We have fucking Tom Hanks voicing him and nobody (laughs) in our focus groups likes Woody at all. And he was just like, so mean. He he was also like, really big. Like, like Woody, the doll was taller than Buzz by like, he was like one and a half times the size of Buzz. Okay, so he was like like Buzz was going to be this smaller, yeah, yeah, he was menacing. Buzz was going to be this like smaller spaceman. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just like wasn't working at all. But like you, I mean, you kind of brought it up with talking about the shorts. I know a lot of these toys are based off like, you know, toys that exist. And like you obviously have Barbie and some like a Slinky, Mr. Potato Head. Like those are all like actual toys. But they also like do such a great job. And we talked about this in a, um, oh, we talked about this in Jingle All the Way, our last episode to air. Um, creating a, a believable toy is such a hard thing to do. And Mm -hmm. they create so many believable toys. Like they do such a tremendous job because if you created uh, a bunch of toys that were going to be your main characters that were just like simply not believable enough as toys, like the movie you're, I mean, obviously it's a movie about like toys that come to life and it's animated. So like it's for kids. But like just having that little bit extra where uh, that believability, it just, you immediately buy into this world, which is like, I think very important because then you're not questioning anything and you're enjoying it. And and I think too, the uh, going back to like Tom Hanks is that nobody can sell that better than Tom Hanks. You know, obviously, you know, he had recently been in a league of their own um, and, and he had played uh, up to that point not to say anti-heroes, but like guys where you could, you could like buy a little bit of an edge to him, but like there was also that wholesome side and he balanced it really well where like you, you always sort of connected with him and liked him regardless. Uh, And it's funny because like you said, Woody early incarnations of Woody was that like, he was an even bigger asshole. um, And he was like in early drafts of the script, like there were like way more like lewd elements to it than what originally, what like finally became the movie. Like there's definitely moments where like, I think Bo Peep gets, I think she makes a quip about like getting somebody to watch the sheep tonight. And it like means that like her and Woody are going to bang. Um, And then in one of the earliest drafts of the movie, Barbie is actually in it and plays like a big role. And saves Woody and Buzz like Sarah Connor somehow. 
Uh, and Woody remarks at one point that he wished he was, quote, anatomically correct to Barbie. So, yeah, I they certainly did not know at first what to do with Woody. And it's clear that even in the final version, like, they they want him to have an edge because how else do you kind of like, you know, he's got to have his arc. And really, like, I did see the names that had been bumped around for Woody. And it included, like, you know, your Bill Murray's. And I believe Paul Newman was one, which would have been interesting. But, like, nobody, nobody could be Woody but Tom Hanks, man. Like, it's just, it's one of those roles where it's nobody fits but him. And I would argue that's the same for Buzz Lightyear and Tim Allen. Um, some of the names thrown out there, I think the, the biggest one was Billy Crystal, who turned it down. So Billy Crystal, well, the story goes that he turned down Buzz Lightyear, called it the worst mistake of his career, and then John Lasseter called Billy Crystal's house, and his wife answered and said, hey, John Lasseter's calling you. And Billy Crystal went straight to the phone and all, and just picked it up and went, yes. And just agreed to whatever. He was like, I don't even need to hear it. He just agreed to whatever the role was. I'm going to give you the ugliest motherfucking <laughs> animated character I can find. <laughs> Payback, motherfucker. Uh, well, you talked about how it was more adult. There was that 30-minute cutout sequence where they search for dingleberries mm -hmm. uh, while Andy uses the bathroom that I'm surprised they didn't like keep. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause like there was even a through line in toy story three, where they have like this huge kind of moment where they talk about like, um, cause Andy's growing up a stretch where they meet Andy's jizz sock. And <laughs> that the weird thing is in this world, because Andy was treating the sock like a plaything, the sock becomes alive. And so Andy's jizz sock, before even Forky, uh, they toyed with the jizz sock becoming alive and, and uh, grappling with what he was. So I find that to be very interesting, that that was cut out of Toy Story 3. But um, I know, it's crazy. A lot of adult elements in, in this series. Although it does beg the question of, like, where is the... Because this always makes me wonder, too, is what... Because Forky introduces the question is like what makes a toy and when do these become sentient and like where does it where does that end whether or not you are a toy would a jizz sock be a toy would that count yeah do dildos and stuff become alive like are all of andy's mom are all the dildos in andy's mom's drawer like when she gets out of the room are they all like let's go and like having their own adventures i don't know I find that to be an interesting question. Yeah, no, that is a good question. Um, it, you know, I, I, this makes me think of um, this giant online, back when IMDb had uh, the I, IMDb chat, ch chat rooms were like, oh yeah, there's oh, yeah, the yeah. forums and the boards. And the forums, so like, yes. Once Toy Story 3 was announced, yeah. everyone was like believing this one poster who had like tons of followers. So everyone's like, no, this is going to be legitimate. Like this guy's broken a bunch of like entertainment news. And this person's like, I have a copy of the script 
And this movie is about Andy away, goes away to college, which they're right about that. And he gets a girl pregnant. And basically like that baby, like he's getting the toys ready for his new child that he like gets pregnant out of like, and people were freaking out about it. <laughs> like I'm going to boycott this movie. Like it was wild. Andy's having a, a baby out of wedlock at like right, right. 19 years old. <laughs> I mean, hey man, I mean, you know, there is something, <clears throat> it actually would have been kind of cool. I, I don't think it would have been nearly as good, but like there could have been like a Toy Story goes to college movie. Yeah, because there is fun. in Toy Story 3, it's like, like they're, they're, Andy was thinking about bringing Buzz to college with him. Weird as shit, by the way, Andy. Like, I'm I'm really glad you didn't make that choice because that Woody, like, you know, the moment Andy rushes a frat, Buzz is getting shoved up some pledge's ass. Or or Woody's getting shoved up somebody's ass. He'll lose his hat. And like it's that movie takes a dark turn. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna be watching some of the most like heinous yes. shit going yes. on in those dorm rooms. All of like, you know, what what is Andy gonna think of like watching uh you know watching Andy snort a line of cocaine exactly like yes. off of his hat or something, you know? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that like the writers were like, All right, look, we're getting into some weird territory here. We have to like we have to like bring in Bond Absolutely, to like bring yes. back like a young child. We can't <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, okay, let's do this. Uh, what one do you like? I, Cause it's technically about Toy Story one and two. Which one do you like? What one do you prefer? Um, cause I have a hard time. I go back and forth, but I want to get your thought on, on just the first two, because there is like a kind of a clear sort of break between the two. Cause there's like a decade yeah, um, time. I mean, I'm, I, so I'm curious. So I know it's, we we aren't doing uh, Toy Story three. I, Toy Story three is super rewatchable. So like I love Toy Story three. Um, you know oh, I yeah. always gravitate toward the later movies in the series, but then I go back and watch Toy Story one, and I'm like, oh, this is like so goddamn good. Um, and I know I had Toy Story two as the better movie, but I think Toy Story one's more rewatchable for me. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, gosh, I go back and forth, man. I I love Toy Story. Malcolm doesn't let me watch it as much. Um, I always ask to watch Toy Story 1, and he tells me no. So <laughs> I, I have to watch Toy usually two or three. Uh, or now it's, uh, you know, an endless loop of Toy Story of Terror. But I, I guess it would be two. Uh, I guess two would be... I mean, gosh, it's like... It's like 1A and 1B. You know, they're both just like such fantastic movies. And I like them almost for different reasons. Um, I used to think like the, I used to think like Jesse's song in two mm. was more uh, impactful than it is only because of what they're able to do in the third and fourth movies. It's like, right. oh my God, I thought that was good. Here's what we go with. You know, I, I like the third and fourth movies, viewing them as an adult, 
because it makes me like think about my own existence on the planet. And that's weird and <laughs> crazy to me. Whereas one and two are like more like fun rides where I don't have to start thinking about my own mortality. And maybe sometimes I'm more in the mood for that as opposed to like three and four. But two, two is maybe that per, two is like uh two is like more like an action comedy than one. It totally, it totally is. Yeah. And so a part of me likes it more because you're lived in with these characters and you're getting the bigger world and all that kind of stuff. And it's like a more fun movie. Um, so maybe two. Yeah. Maybe, maybe two would be, I mean, but God, it's like, you know, what we're discussing is like, we're like trying to find a difference between the four to be like, well, I guess, which is like, again, why it's like, it's rare to find a franchise that nails it through like four movies like that. No, you're like right. How many, how many mean, are there? You know, there are not many like that. There aren't, especially in the animated realm. They're always, they always become, you know, direct to streaming, direct to, to video. Um, and, and you lose uh, a lot of the original voice actors most often. Um, so, uh, but they're, they're all like very deeply brilliant movies. Um, it, and you are right that Jesse's song moment becomes like a little watered down once you get, you know, the beginning to up, which is like uh, its own short film that could have won an Oscar. Uh, you know, you get lots of story in Toy Story 3, most of the themes in Toy Story 4. Um, you get some of the sequences in Soul. Like, you get some really heavy adult things happening at like a really high level. But I would say that like that, it is so impactful because like they tried it and like it worked really well. Like Mm -hmm. if, if if that moment doesn't happen, it likely doesn't occur maybe until up because you get, you get the first 30 minutes of Wally is a silent film. Yes. Right. Like, like what are you doing? Like that's crazy. Cars has like a flashback. It's not like that crazy. Uh, Ratatouille. It's just, the whole thing is like an adult cooking movie, uh, but it's for kids. And like, that's wild that they did that. Mm-hmm. Finding Nemo has like a really sad opening to it. Um, but no, but none more sad than like, you know, a Bambi or, or Lion King. But, you know, Jesse's song is this like whole, like short, like three minute story about, about loss. You get a whole character's backstory. Um, and so I think that allowed them the ability and uh, the trust to do some stuff later on that, you know, Disney might have been like, no, we don't we don't put those themes in like kids movies because they can go and be like, hey, bitch, like what's our what's our Rotten, uh, Rotten Tomato score again on Toy Story 2? Right. Like, OK, you're right. Like, like and how much money you're opening make? up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, and again, that's going back to even the first Toy Story where it's like, I think I for I forget, you know, that. It, the breaking of barriers that Toy Story was making and, and, yeah. and paving the way for other Pixar movies moving forward. You know, you forget because uh, the first three Pixars are Toy Story, Bugs Life, and then Toy Story 2, I believe. Right. So, you know, it it it's a, you know, Toy Story 2 was only the third movie they'd ever done and it was out of necessity. Uh, but, you know, you don't get the other the other Pixar movies without 
probably what you're able to accomplish and and, and do in those uh, first two Toy Story movies. So, um, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, I will say this. I think Stinky Pete, the pros- the prospector in Toy Story 2, gets off, gets a decent enough ending because he had never been played with in his life. I do want to mention that. Yes. And even though he ends the movie uh, next to like a drawn all over Barbie, I have to imagine he ends up in a pretty decent situation. You're um, totally right. Yes. If he's going to be played with. Not to mention he's going to be hanging out with a bunch of Barbies, a bunch of hot Barbies. So Stinky Pete oh, yeah. might be getting late. He'll be stinky for something else. Vagina. <laughs> Plastic Barbie vagina. Oh, man. Yeah, you know it. Uh, oh, my God. I love it. The Where's my head at? I guess I'm thinking about Barbie vagina. The yep. Lotso character, however, gets a fate worse than death in Toy Story 3 because oh. he gets like eternal suffering by being tied to the front of that truck. Toy Story 3 does not fuck around. They're like, this motherfucker no. gets like purgatory. Like, like you know, Stinky Pete, it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. He gets to be taken home to some little girl's house to get drawn on and like, he's okay. But like, dude, I don't know. Lotso gets like fucked up in the end. He does. And he gets, he's stuck on fucking Sid's garbage truck. Garbage truck, truck. Like, yes. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's horrible. Well, also the end of that movie, I like remember going to the midnight premiere as a like 20 something year old crying my eyes out yeah. as they're oh, holding yeah. hands about to be incinerated. I still, um, I still cry every time. Yeah, I, that movie is like wild. It really is. Again, you're talking about a movie, a Pixar movie where they're doing things that just like no other animated movie would fucking dare to try or couldn't pull it off because they didn't earn it. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I'm I I'm again, I'm just like it's so crazy cuz like toys the the four Toy Story movies make it almost impossible for a lot of these other Pixar movies to like really like get the credit that they're due. It's like in, we haven't even talked much about like an Inside Out where it's like that movie has some gut-wrenching shit in it as well. And it's hard, you know, it's it, it's not that is doesn't even get talked about that much or you know yeah, a kids movie that deals with like childhood development and like psychiatry, and uh, it's like insane, amazing. Yeah. Or uh, onward, well, onward, I uh, has a giant father son angle to it. Um, I didn't even, I know I had mentioned not a lot of these movies doing that, but like that's like the whole gist of onward is is a yeah. father son relationship, and so. Uh, Again, I, I feel like that's getting glossed over in the world of Pixar these days. They they handle some really souls about death. So just in general. So and unfulfilled like dreams and promises and like creating actual relationships with people uh, and having the courage to do like it's so many layers. I'm just like watching soul like this movie is geared toward my six year old. Like what? <laughs> yeah, right. And also like when you watch soul, you're like, what would a six-year-old be like taking from this? Because like right. Ron's, Ron's yeah. gone wrong. It's like, oh yeah, the cute little la da da. Uh, whereas Soul tries it a little bit with the little souls, clearly, 
Um, yeah. But a lot of that movie, it's just like, just watching them. I'm like, I'm watching any movie. And also, yeah, it's like kids like jazz music, right? Yeah. Yeah. They love jazz <laughs> <Yeah>. music. <laughs> what's, what's big with the kids these days? Jazz? Okay. You know, yeah. What kid can't identify? We want to be a, um, a club musician in New York City. <laughs> God, it, I, I love it though. I mean, I, I, I really, I, I think it's, they, they're still there. The, the Pixar we know and love is still there. They're still taking those swings. And all I'm asking is for them to stop fucking around and just put them all in theaters so more people can watch them. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Again. Um, let's see. Uh, Pizza. Oh my God, dude. Pizza Planet. I So do, dope. I, I think about Pizza Planet a lot, actually. Like I still, even not like, in prep for this or whatever. Like I, I just think about pizza planet in general and how much I wish it was real. Oh, I know it's uh cause I, I mean, I, at Disney at the Disney parks, they have pizza planet, but it's a quick kiosk, like fast food restaurant where you just, they obviously serve pizza and like other things, but there is not the atmosphere that a, it's not a sit down Dave and Buster's like, sci-fi realm. It's, is there a claw game with the aliens? I don't even think there is. I'm pretty sure there's not. And there is no way you're you're going to be able to put in a dollar and win one of those aliens. That is a like, go to our gift shop. Those are $20. And say, <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, <laughs> right. sir. Okay. Yeah, we've been buying a lot of those. We've been buying a shit ton of Toy Story stuff on Amazon for Malcolm because he loves Toy Story. And one of them is that they like, of course, made all the aliens as like different Disney characters. So like, Oh yeah. You could, you could get like a Buzz Lightyear or you could get a Simba or you could get like all these, you know, different ones as the aliens. We've been buying a bunch of those and like little, little mash them ones where you like squeeze them and all that stuff. He got his own Buzz Lightyear. I gave him funny enough. I actually gave him, I kept it. I had, I got a Buzz Lightyear from the first movie. Um, so when I was, Seven. Oh, nice. Yeah, when I was seven, I got the Buzz Lightyear action figure that had the rocket on the back. And I kept it all these years, like I did all my action figures, because I wanted to someday give them to my kids, um, which I'm sure the toys, if they're alive, appreciated that. And except for like some of them, because like he immediately took my Iron Man and like ripped his head off. So, um, not sure all of our old toys appreciated it, but uh, <laughs> I, it was really actually super cool to give him like my my old Buzz Lightyear because he plays with it now and like goes nuts for it. So you know, there's that that connection to it that that I still have, and that now it's incredible that like our kids are experiencing it and like connecting with it as well. You know, it's like this, they love these, it, yeah, yeah, yep. like. This uh, Toy Story, the original, got added to the National Registry like the first year it was available to do so. Like I think like maybe a decade after it came out. Um, just resonates, man. I mean, my family still quotes it. We, we quote Toy Story just like in general uh, yeah. on, on a regular basis. So, um, And Tim Allen, man, he had a 90s heater like no one's, no one's business. Oh, my God, yeah. Home Improvement. Toy Story movies in the Santa Claus franchise. Like, that dude made some money. Yes. And he was in, like, a bunch of uh, other live-action Disney stuff. Like, remember, like, Jungle to Jungle and... Oh, yeah, Jungle... What, uh, what is the line from Jungle to Jungle? It's, uh... 
obligated? What is obligated? Oh, I, I don't even know. I yes, love that you. Yeah, I love that you know a line from Jungle to Jungle. Dude, I don't know why I remember that. <laughs> well, looks yeah, like we're doing he's that. Like, movie. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Tim Allen uh, did have, I would say, an underrated. Not, I mean, you can hardly call it underrated, but like a lot of people don't talk about the heater of the '90s that he was on, and like the dude had a pretty good early 2000s too. Tim Allen has had like a pretty long career. He's had a yeah. pretty insane long career um, where he's done like multiple shows that have been on for like a decade. And then he was still, he's still making like, well, I don't know if he's making movies anymore, but like he was, he was making a shit ton of movies throughout the 2000s. Christmas with the Cranks, man. My parents go nuts for that movie every year. Dude, I, I watch that movie every year. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Not, it's it's uh you know not a classic but it's still like very fun and uh you know he's also like very an interesting figure because he's definitely like a uh like politically politic from a political standpoint very conservative uh but like i think people did this thing as much as everyone's like we hate trump uh on the left and they're also like but we we can give Tim Allen a pass. He's not saying too much crazy shit. Also, he like voices Buzz Lightyear and he was in the Santa Claus movies. So like we'll just right. pretend we didn't see these tweets and like we'll we'll go after someone else. Well, yeah, he's not like Kevin Sorbo. You know, right. like yeah. like he's not he hasn't like lost his fucking mind. It's like, look, we're all you know, we're, we're all rational people here. It's like you can have differing beliefs. You you can be a conservative, but if you're going to get on there like Kevin fucking Sorbo and be like, you know, uh, the va- don't take the vaccine, uh, don't take the vaccine because it's going to put, you know, uh, a microchip in your forehead. Drink your own piss. It's going to be right. we're going to have some problems. And and also like Kevin Sorbo's using him as an example says some other just like wild heinous shit. So he does. Yeah. He, he says the worst of the worst. Like he's clearly angling to be a guest on like whatever goddamn Newsmax show he wants to be on. Right. Or have some weird like Hercules hour, like, like after Hannity where it's like, he gets <laughs> yeah. to like relive Dude, his glory days. It would be him and Dean Kane, the Hercules and Superman yes. talking, you yes. know, uh, which I cannot believe they haven't done that. Not trying to give them any I would, like, content ideas. I would watch one episode of it and never watch it again. But like, I would watch it just like laugh at them. But that's what I did with that gut, that Gutfeld late night show. I watched like the opening monologue, and it was like, okay, yeah. I almost had an aneurysm. It was it was very hard <laughs> to get through. Uh, but 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 Tim Allen. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not reading his stuff, but I get the sense that he's maybe like, it's like okay, I got you. You believe a lot of things I do not agree with, but like you don't, you're not an insane person. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he's uh, still in a safe spot, which is like good. But it's tenuous. I, I do like it's him. To, I don't know. You know, that could break I, at any moment. I'm hoping it like this episode airs before that breaks. So he has like, yeah, a, a week. <laughs> we got to get this episode out now before he starts talking about the lizard people. <laughs> um. All right. So it's very funny. We didn't really talk anything about plot in any of these movies, which I think like we said before we started recording, you know, look, if you don't know the plot to Toy Story 1 and 2, 
get your fucking life right. <laughs> yeah, why are you why are you listening to this episode if you don't know the plot of that those movies? Get your ass They've been over for 25 years. Yeah, get your ass over to Disney Plus right now. Uh and we're going to and go watch Toy Story immediately. Um which I guess I do wonder, there're probably some It's got to be difficult, but I guess there are some people that haven't seen Toy Story. I'd love to meet those people. Yeah, it's so like readily available. And it's been around for so long. And like, because our parents saw it because they took us to it. Our kids are seeing it because like, there's still Toy Story movies coming out. So you have, and probably our grandparents saw it when we were kids because it was like, we're going to watch this movie again. And so like, it's covered a weird number of generations of people at this point. So I think most people have seen Toy Stories. Yeah, I would have to assume that's the case. Uh, you know, it's it's the OG Pixar. It's uh, it's it's one of the it's four of the best animated movies of all time. So, uh, if you are listening, if you've gotten this far in the episode and you haven't seen Toy Story, we are judging you harshly. So, uh, please <laughs> please fix that. Um, but I think uh, you know I, I I would we'll talk more about Pixar. Uh, I think you know obviously we still have to do a Bug's Life. We'll do more Pixar talk. Um, trust me, we'll find ways to integ- integrate. Pixar into our discussions, but um, I think, you know, I wanted to do this while the iron was still hot and I've been thinking endlessly about Toy Story ever since my son got into it. So thanks for indulging me. I appreciate no, I'm it. Glad you, I'm glad you picked this movie. As this crazy humming, I don't know if it's coming from outside on my end, so if you've been hearing an insane ghost sound, uh, we don't have ghosts in our quote-unquote mm. studios. It's just, you know, lift up the curtain I'm in my garage and I don't know what that sound is. Um, but no, I, we had talked about doing this movie, you know, a month and a half, two months ago. I'm glad we got to do it because, you know, it's always fun to revisit these movies. My kids love them. Um, you know, we still have the Woody and Buzzes that uh, they got over the last couple of Christmases from Santa and whatnot. Um, and yeah, it's just like there's so many, the humor and the writing in this movie is so solid. And there's so many great jokes that are just like in like scattered throughout all, all of the films. It was just like really something for everybody. Yeah. Speaking of something for everybody, I do need to find a way to not watch these movies as much anymore because in the last, like <laughs> in the last couple of viewings of toy story of terror, it took a weird turn where I started to think Jesse was kind of sexy where I was like, Oh, I'm kind of hot. She's kind of hot. <laughs> I was, yeah. I, you know, you, you have that moment where like you start, you like you start to again, see it in a different light. And like, she was, you know, there was just a moment where she like looked at combat Carl and I was like, Oh no, I think she's hot. And so yeah. now, now you I'm having Joan a hard Cusack time. Voicing it. Oh, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's hot. Uh, so she's, she's I would, like her and, um, Holly Hunter are top, top two, like, side mouth talkers where they talk out of the mm-hmm. corner of their mouths. Dude, like, don't even get me started on Holly Hunter and Mrs. Incredible. Elastigirl. You can't... Yes. You can't tell me that the that the animators of Incredibles 2 didn't enhance her ass in that second movie. Oh, they knew what was up. They knew what was that up. That thing is juicy as all hell. And I can't... <laughs> I'm... Look, I know... I, I'm saying I appreciate it. I think it's fantastic. Um, but they knew what they were doing. They they clearly yeah. know what they were doing. And Holly Hunter's voice, yeah. oh, get out of here. The best. 
Um, okay. Oh, actually, that's a great... Real quick, before we end, let's do our top five sexy... We might have done this at one point. Did we do our top five sexiest Pixar characters? Not Pixar. Uh, no, we just did animated. And Oh, okay. We, we did it with Carolyn, and all of hers were like Japanese <laughs> anime characters. <laughs> that's right. All right, do... Uh, rapid fire, do your top five sexiest Pixar characters. Okay. Rapid fire. Um, okay. I would say uh, Jesse is number one. Uh, Elastigirl is number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the uh, chef from Ratatouille is number three. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say um, the uh the ghost grandma from Coco is number four um, <laughs> yep. um yep. and then I would say uh, oh my god um oh I would say Luca's mom is number number five the mermaid nice. Woman mom nice um all right I I'm looking at the uh, there's gonna be a lot I should of have looked here. at a list I should yeah. have definitely looked at a list of movies no I think it's great dude I'm Gonna miss a few here, but I'm gonna go with this. I got Jesse. I've got um, Eve from Wally. I just realized I forgot Eve. Yeah, totally banging that replace her with the, the Merm woman. Bang that robot for sure. Um, yeah. Mrs. Incredible is three. Um, I would go with. Oh, here's one. Bonnie's mom. I'd bang, I think Bonnie's oh, mom is pretty yes. hot. I, I'm, I'm into that. Uh, and Andy's mom. Yeah, she gets... I mean, as the animation gets better, she gets a lot sexier, for sure. Yeah. I would argue. Oh, my God. My fifth? Ah, this is a tough one. Um, hold on a second. Let me... All right. I got another one for you. The mom from Onward. Little Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, Little Julia Louis-Dreyfus yeah. action. Um, yeah, that's a good one. She's uh, one of my favorites of all time, clearly, um, obviously. Yeah. So, there, you know, hearing that voice with, I think, a hot mom character, um, it's working for me. Um, I think Toy Story is very subtle in how they make their characters sexy. But I, I would say that those are probably it. Yeah. I like it. Um. Although there's a real heat between Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl that whenever they get together, I'm like, I'd watch a, I'd, I'd just watch a short of them doing it. I think yeah, Mr. I would too. Mr. Incredible and his strength and, and her elasticity. Oh. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah. I don't know. This is leading down a really weird place. We should go. Um, all right. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it. Follow us on social, Revenge of 90s Pod. Uh, Tell us who your sexiest Pixar characters are. We, there's so many out there that we haven't even, is it, is it the mom dinosaur played by Frances McDormand from Good Dinosaur? Do you find her to be sexy? Let us know. Um, yeah. Do you find, you know, obviously ours was a little skewed because we're straight, you know, straight white men here. So I, you know, I don't know if we've appropriately covered all the sexiness. I don't want it to seem like we, you know, are ignoring any sexiness from the Pixar universe. Do you think 
what is it, Carl from Up? Is that his mm-hmm. name? Carl. Is he sexy? Yeah. Is Carl sexy? Is Carl Fredrickson sexy? Um, Sully could be sexy from Monsters, Inc. Dude, um, right? Get the furry community involved. Sully is a very comforting, you know, uh, large beast that a lot of people might find that they need that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I very much want to hear... I think even you could argue that the light, the Chris Evans Lightyear character is oh, yeah. cra- crazy yeah. hot. Crazy hot. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. would actually argue that he should almost be in the top five now without only seeing like a trailer or two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's maybe, fair. You know, I, I might want to revise it. Um, I might I might take out the mom from Onward and I might put in Chris Evans Lightyear. To diver- diversify my sexiness a little bit. I like that. That's fair. So anyway, um, that's where we're at. That's where our heads are at. Um, this is what happens when you're forced to watch Pixar on a daily loop for like three weeks straight. It starts you start to yep you start to think different. Anyway, um, that's it. A Revenge of Nineties Pod. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tells your sexiest Pixar characters or something completely different. Doesn't have to be that. And we'll see you guys later. You're gonna see it's our destiny. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Yeah, you. Do.